0: Log Talk Radio. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters radio show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters radio show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters radio show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters. When I'm listening to Buffy Sisters When I'm listening to Buffy Sisters When I'm listening to Buffy Sisters never
1: To you by Wealthy Sisters Media Group, where we proudly promote positive people, and you can visit us for all of your publishing and branding needs at WealthySistersMedia dot com. That's S I S T A S WealthySistersMedia.com. and we are so excited that today's episode is brought to you by our platinum partners. Dherbs.com. they've sold over 3 million and have more than 10,000 testimonies on D-Herbs Full Body Cleanse because they are the number one selling cleansing system online, and I promise you, it works. And I'm excited that the founder, the, the CEO, Mr. A.B. Dolphin, will be on the show later today, and I'm telling you, this is a very, very special day. It's December 9th, and we'll talk about that a little moment from here, but I trust me, if you have not tried this product, you want more energy, you want to jumpstart your life, get your metabolism in order, be more productive, reduce blood pressure, increase uh, mental clarity, go to dherbs.com right now that's d the letter d herbs.com or you can even call them at 866 the number 4 d herbs that's 866 the number 4 d herbs and make sure you mention wealthy sisters for your discount here at wealthy sisters radio we're connecting businesses with people story and music and our purpose and we are so serious about this purpose it's twofold and first we love to make sure that we provide you that dynamic listener with encouragement and practical knowledge that you can apply to your life and your business right now. That's right. Right now for that positive impact. And second, this is so important that we continue to edify, promote, acknowledge, and provide this great platform to say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. And I am Deborah Hart, your host, and we are broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Radio Network. And you know you can catch us 24-7 at our website, WealthySistersRadio.com. And today, we're as excited about today's date. Like I mentioned earlier, it's Tuesday, December 9th. 2014, and it's a very special day. It would have been my father's birthday today, and we're going to talk about that more in the show, and how important this day is to me, and how honored I am to celebrate this day with you here. So you know we're here every week at the same time, that Tuesdays at 11 a.m., so I appreciate you so much for spreading the word. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You know, I get people say, well, I'm trying to keep up with the show, what's happening to to the show. You can really go to our website as well, WealthySistersRadio.com, and join our mailing list. That is the absolute best way to find out about the phenomenal guests that we have and the outstanding events that we have every year for you here at Wealthy Sisters Radio. And today, you know, is going to be another special day. As I talked about it, there's so many great things that's happening. But before we get into all of that, you know what time it is? Yes, it is. We've come to that time in the show. That Everybody loves it. It is the business question of the week. That's like the business question of the week, and you know I've been in business for myself now over twenty-five years. I'm an entrepreneur. I confess that's who I am. I love it, and if I don't know about it, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to research it, bring the best of the best on the show to answer that question for you. So send us your questions at family at wealthy dot com. Again, that's family at wealthy sisters radio dot com, or you can call 9435 extension 808. That is our hotline. Give us a shout-out on there and send us your question. Let us know what we can answer for you and how long you've been listening to the show. Again, call 800-917-9435, extension 808. And today our question comes from none other than Stephanie in Hoffert. Did I say it right? Hotfoot, Connecticut. That's right. I can use that accent because I went to school in New England. I can attempt to use that accent anyway. But, Stephanie, thank you so much for sending your question in. She sent it to us via email. She says she's a new listener. Well, congratulations, Stephanie. And I love her questions because she's talking about one of my favorite shows, Shark Tank. She says, how do they determine the company value on Shark Tank? I know, I know when you hear Kevin just knocking them out of the water when they come in there with those crazy valuations, as he says. So how do they determine those numbers? Well, that is such a great question, and really all it is is just basic math. So let's say if um, you're asking for 100000 for 25% of the company, then all you would need to do is simply, again, if you're asking for 100000 you went in there and you said, I want 25, I'll give you 25% of my company, then all they would do is multiply that percentage by four, okay, to get 100. So they're going to get that. And then just simply multiply the dollar amount by four to match. So, the person has then you valued your company at four hundred thousand, so again, so give you another example of that, or you can look at it and say if if your company you're saying is you're going to give them twenty five percent okay, then the company is worth a hundred thousand, then a hundred percent of the company is worth four hundred thousand right if you're saying twenty five percent is worth a hundred thousand because you ask them for 100,000 and you're going to give them 25% value in your company or stock in your company. Okay? So that's another way you could do that. And then a final example if you think about it, uh you could say that a person asks for 250,000, you like for for 10,000 or t- excuse me, 10% of the company. Then if that 10% of the company is worth 250 then 100% – this is what Kevin just really knocks about, right? 100% you're saying it's going to be worth $2.5 million. So, you know, and and when they're doing the math on that and they base that a lot of times, you know, it's like two sets there, two numbers, you know, the pre-valuation and post, you know, um, of of the award there or or the investment. And so – when 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 you're going in or you're in a situation like that with investors and you're asking for that amount of money, you know, you have to really have a, a real case for the valuation of your your company. And a lot of that goes to the sales and and and, uh, collateral or what have you. So, yes, that is how they determine that. So we appreciate you, Stephanie, so much for sending that question in. And, again, if you have a question you'd like us to answer here on Wealthy Sisters Radio, send it to family at com or call us at 800-917-9435, extension 808. Well, as you know, it's a lot of great things happening. This is the time of the year we're all excited about the holidays, and we're just really gearing up for 2015. And when I talk about gearing up, do you know that the Winter Summit is right around the corner? Yes, we got to give that another round of applause. The Winter Summit, which is the premier professional women's conference for business women, this is our fourth one. We're excited about it. It's going to be March 27, 28th. That's March 27, 28th, held here in the D.C. area. We attract women from all over the world, literally, to this event, and it's going to be one of the most powerful ones we've ever had. I'm telling you, we're talking about marketing concepts, how you can increase your tax strategies, and uh, even, even, we're going to have the National Association of Black Hotel Owners and operators and developers in the house, they're doing a special workshop teaching us how you can actually own your own hotel, not like a drop-in place, but a Marriott, a a Hilton. So I'm telling you, you do not want to miss it. We've got the, the infamous Millionaire Luncheon, and wait till you see who's on the panel, who is on the panel for the Millionaire Luncheon. We'll be revealing all of that this week. It's just phenomenal where we bring in Um, documented millionaire women business owners, not people who are talking about it, but they – document it. <laughs> they got the revenue. They've got the money to show you. And you can go and you can see the ladies we've had in the past. So we're serious about this. This is an opportunity that you can sit down with phenomenal women who want to share, be very intimate with you. It's a really intimate setting. The luncheon is not for everybody. We don't always have the same amount of seats as we do for the conference. So you definitely, if you have not registered already and gotten your ticket, you want to go to the Winter Summit Dot .com right now that's the winners summit like a champion the winners summit.com and get registered. Well, I tell you today's show is a phenomenal show. It's so much going on, you know. I can't wait to to speak with our guest today. Just heard and read an article about uh, uh, Mr. Lonnie Johnson who has been awarded a, a Seventy two million dollars in back pays of revenues from the company Hasbro, you know, for his invention and his his patent there. So we're gonna be talking about that today with our very special guest, Miss Andrea Evans. She is an attorney, intellectual property attorney, a patent attorney. She is documented, has a graduate of Spelman, Georgia Tech. She is, when I say documented, George Washington Law School. This young lady is phenomenal, and she has worked in the patents office, so she knows what she's talking about. It. So if you haven't already, make sure you get your pens, your paper, your tablets, whatever you need to document this show today, because I I promise you, you're going to get some great information. So we, we look forward to welcoming her. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, our very special guest today, Miss Andrea Evans, too. You are listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. We're not listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're not listening to Wealthy
0: Sisters. we Deborah Hardin
2: dream big, financial freedom, lifestyle
1: change, additional income, be your own boss. If this is the life you've dreamed of, Tracy Lynn Fashion Jewelry is the business for you. This business is simple. If you can wear the jewelry, you can sell the jewelry. I've earned a $10,000 bonus check.
2: I'm able to earn $600 to $800 per show and more. Visit
1: tracylynnjewelry.com and remember,
2: behind every great woman are more great women.
1: Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic
0: violence. Queen Anita Empire Online features luxurious African handmade healthy skin and body care products. From enhancing all-natural soaps, hair growth stimulating shampoos, to delicious healthy drinks, great for arthritis. We have an extensive inventory of more than 450 items to begin your natural journey to wellness. Visit QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. That's QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. Remember QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com.
1: Hello and a welcome back here. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host on Wealthy Sisters Radio, and I hope you are as excited about today as I am. I'm telling you, December 2014, you know what? We've got a few weeks left in this year, and there is still time to make some things happen that you wanted to happen in 2014, or at least, shall I say, allow things to happen. That's my new mantra, right? I realize. That we allow things to happen, just being in the flow, making sure we're in that right space and in the right place at the right time. But I tell you, today is all about that. You are in the right place at the right time with our very special guest that I'm thrilled to have on our show today. As you know, we promise you every week the best of the best, and we know we have that today in our guest. So I want to welcome Andrea Evans, attorney to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Hello, Andrea. Hi, Deborah. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters. Thank you. Yes, indeed. And I tell you, you know, as I I saw your bio there, I am an Atlanta native, so I was proud to see that you spent some time in Atlanta there at Spellman and Georgia
3: Tech. I had a great time in Atlanta, and I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Yes, yes, Adisa, so I hear it. We got two Southern Bells on the line today,
1: so I hope the callers got their ears right cause <laughs> and our listeners. <laughs> it's going to great be a great, great, great show. I know I get I get here in the DMV, the D.C. area, I get a lot of people that, that, that just stop and pause and say, wait a minute, where are you from? <laughs> I'm like, that's right, I'm not from here. Proud of my Southern accent. <laughs> that's right, and our Southern charm. That's right, that's right, that's right. Well, I tell you, um, here I always say, Andrea, that our audience is very nosy. We love to get a little background information on, you know, just really kind of what your life was like and the path you took to begin the journey that you're on today. So we've kind of, you know, alluded to a little bit. You're from Houston. You, You went to school there in Atlanta. Well, Why don't you just tell us a little bit more about, you know, your journey, you know, that you always know you wanted to be an attorney and and, and owning your own law firm? So give us a, a little bit of background on yourself,
0: please.
3: Sure. Well, like you said, I'm a graduate of Spelman College in Georgia Tech. I have a math degree from Spelman and a civil and environmental engineering degree from Georgia Tech. I was in a five-year dual degree engineering program, so I went to Spelman for three years and Georgia Tech for two and graduated one month apart from each other from both schools. Now, I have a different background because most of my family members are scientists and engineers, but I Mm -hmm. did always know as a child that I wanted to be a lawyer. I actually used to say, based off of watching the People's Court, that I wanted to be (laughs) a judge. But because everyone in my family were scientists and engineers, um, and I was actually good at science and I did enjoy it, my family encouraged me to pursue a STEM field, math and engineering. Uh But Uh after graduating from Spelman and Georgia Tech, I decided what better place for a lawyer to be than Washington, D.C. So I decided to pack my bags and go to George Washington for law school, and many of your listeners probably know that GW actually has a world-renowned intellectual property program, and in order mm-hmm. to be a patent lawyer, you are required to have a engineering degree. But so once mm-hmm. my professors learned that I had the undergrad in engineering, they pushed me and encouraged me to pursue intellectual property. And I'm glad that I did. I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to talk to you more about what I do and what I can do to help a lot of your listeners.
1: Oh, Awesome, awesome. That is great. And, you know, we want to talk a little bit more about that if we have time later in the show or definitely have to have you back on. There's this whole initiative with STEM and I guess now STEAM with adding the arts to there as well because I know you have a program um, that, that uh, we want to, you to share with the audience around that as well so but you know it it is amazing just my mind is spinning just to think math and engineering what a brilliant person you are and then uh, to go and get your law degree and have the opportunity to work in outside uh, of the uh, United States uh, Patent Office so Tell us about your transition from, from from law school that you know you want to – was that just like a natural path for you to work for the patent office there, or were, were there other options well, that you were considering?
3: Right, and that's a great question. So the benefit of attending a national law school like GW is there are so many mm-hmm. great law firms in the Washington, D.C. area So I took Mm -hmm. advantage of working at small, medium, and large law firms while I was in law school, but all of my mentors who were exceptional and well-known patent attorneys started at the patent office, so I figured what better place to work than the federal government and especially the patent office. Now, it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily a traditional path because, as you know, most people graduate from law school and go on to work at law firms, but I thought I'd do that for a few years and maybe go on to work, at a firm for someone else. So I never really thought that I would start a law firm. But what happened was I worked at the patent office as a patent examiner for three years and a trademark examining attorney for two. And I was getting a lot of calls from my peers um, as well as from individuals and applicants that were calling the patent office just feeling distressed. They couldn't find a patent attorney or a law firm that would want to work with them because most firms want to only work with large companies, and so they mm. couldn't find any credible patent attorneys, and I literally had heard these heart-wrenching stories, and I stepped out on faith and started a law firm, and it's been eight years, and it was the best decision I could have ever made. Wow,
1: wow, and and you know, that. That's kind of like it is for the publishing uh, industry today. You know, uh, well, before it was really hard to get a book published. You know, you, you really had to know someone within these large companies to even have them look at your, consider your manuscript. And then now the way it's shifted uh, they really want you to come with a a large following, like a minister or what have you, you know, before they would even often consider publishing your books. So the same thing with with patent attorneys. You're saying that if you're not a large brand, then where they can make uh, a certain amount of dollars, then they're they were not really willing to look at someone like myself, who maybe have an idea and want to get a patent, but want to have that protection of attorney.
3: Right, and most firms don't realize, though, every business starts off small. So right. in this eight-year period, I've been able to exceed expectations and work with clients that have started as individuals that are now you know, large companies. And I do represent Fortune 100 companies, international companies, as well as uh, clients all over the world but mm-hmm. i'm open to working with individuals and we don't turn them away so if anybody has anything that needs protected that's what i like to do you know that's actually mm-hmm. my passion so i think when you are pursuing a career that is your passion the rest just follows
0: mhm
1: mhm now when when you look at um you say international as well we have our our uh, uh, resident uh, legal correspondent who is a brand protection. I want want to make sure we connect you guys as well. Aurelia Mitchell Durant, she's uh, out of Atlanta, and she talks a lot about the international uh, piece as well. Why would uh, you? How? Where? Why does someone? Uh, I guess in an in a international, if they're in a different country, are you helping them to acquire a patent here in the United States? Is is that what you're doing or how, what are you practicing, international law? How does that
3: work? Well, the benefit of being a patent attorney is that it is federal. And so what that means is although I'm actually barred in the state of Texas, I've mm-hmm. taken the patent bar, so I've taken two bars, and that affords me the opportunity to represent clients all over the world with U.S. Wow. patent issues. Now there are different types of applications you can file that will afford you different federal protection. So for my US clients that want to pursue protection in another country, we have relationships with law firms in those other countries where they actually take the work that I do and
0: mm-hmm. put
3: it in there, you know, in the terms that the countries require. So in their language or uh separate forms and then vice versa. So those countries that have Clients that need protection in the U.S. would then work with my firm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, when we start
1: talking about the protection, and, and there's a lot, and sometimes it can be confusing for patents and trademarks and copyright, Those three different terms. There, would you mind explaining what a patent and a trademark and copyright? What do they? What are they, and what do they protect?
3: Sure. So, an easy way to think about this is that basically patents protect inventions, trademarks mm-hmm. protect your brands, and copyrights protect your written materials. So for instance if you come to me with a new type of television, we would patent the television and we would trademark the name of the television Sony, and then any scripts that you write would be protected with the copyright.
1: Okay, okay. That's a great great example. Okay.
3: And so are you
1: saying that uh, anyone can file an application for a trademark or a patent, or do you have to have an attorney for that?
3: Well, you don't have to necessarily have an attorney, but it is recommended because it is a legal document. Um, what happens is when an individual comes to my firm with an idea, uh, well, let's actually step back, Deborah. So first, it really does need to be more than an idea and a concept. So I have a idea that I want to be able to uh, see all the listeners that are listening to this show. So that's just a concept. But the invention mm-hmm. would be a telephone with a screen that has software that performs different functions. So the mm-hmm. first thing is when an individual starts off with an idea or an invention, they need to be able to discuss it in a way that someone will be able to actually make or use that invention but they don't actually have to make it before coming to a patent attorney. So what I like to say is that when individuals have inventions, it is good to seek the help of a professional patent attorney first to determine if you really even have anything that's patentable. And what I find is a lot of individuals actually attempt to file patent applications on their own, but you have to be very careful. Because what happens is if you don't put enough information in that application, you may have jeopardized your rights. And if you don't know the lingo, you know, you can actually jeopardize your rights and not be able to protect your invention. And the worst thing that could happen is to have a patent that doesn't even cover the invention that you're actually selling in commerce. And then for trademarks and copyrights, I feel that from talking to clients and from working in this in this field, Most people probably know that when they have an invention, they need to call a patent attorney. But most don't know that when they start a business, they need to protect that name with the federal trademark. And what that does is it affords you protection in all 50 states, which is extremely valuable. And it's a little simpler in the sense that it's not technical in nature, so you don't have to have a technical background and be able to describe it with technical drawings. But it is important and critical that you understand the application and understand how to answer the question. So often clients will come to me after filing an application on their own, but they've jeopardized their rights because they answered a question yes when it should have been no, and it is a legal document. So you have to be careful because once you file these applications, they become public and the public can see that you've done something wrong. So there are individuals that will go in and file those uh-huh. applications correctly and then have you come to them to pay them for that name. Oh, kind of like the back in the day, the website squatters who are
1: still around, like domain squatters, shall I say. They They bought up a lot of the entertainers and celebrities' names before, People really began to build their internet or build their website rather, and then they had to pay them. I know I was a I used to work for Delta, and I remember they had to pay several. Uh, I think it was about a million. I heard. Don't quote me on the number, but they had to pay the gentleman that bought Delta Airlines, that bought Delta.com, that amount of money, you know, to get it back. So you're saying if if you don't uh if you're not careful on what you put on your application and someone that is looking at these particular applications can see oh you should have should have put a, a s here you know for lack of a better uh term instead of a t there and they can go and put that there and then make the money off of your invention is that what you're saying
3: well, um, I guess I would say it a little differently, just uh, to help to kind of clarify it. Basically, mm-hmm. if you file a when you file a trademark application, it becomes mm-hmm. public. So if right. you have not when it when it's finally assigned to an examiner, because this process can take about a year. So you go mm-hmm. on for eight or nine months and assume that you've done everything correctly. So for eight or nine months, you're broadcasting and letting everyone know about your business and your brand. Well, when you get that rejection from the trademark office to say, hey, these are the issues that we're having with your application, there are some issues that cannot be fixed. You would have to refile that application. So now you've lost eight months with your filing date. And if Jane Doe has filed that application uh, today and you have to refile it, she beats you to the filing. And so there are ways, like you said, with the cyber squatting issues to get that name back, but that involves having to pay an attorney for litigation, and why would you want to have to pay someone if you could just pay a small amount and have it and really just be able to sleep at night knowing you have protection? So there are a lot of things that you can do on your own, but... As you know, we pay professionals. I mean, you can sell your house, but
0: mm-hmm. why
3: would you do that when you can hire a realtor or mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. you know, mend a broken wound, but why do that when you can go to a doctor? So it's just better to start with a professional so that they can actually guide you and help you and save you money in the long run.
1: Absolutely.
3: Absolutely.
1: And I heard you say earlier, Andrea, that, you know, another thing when you were rating, uh, re- referring to the patent is it's great to come to an attorney so that you can determine if you have something that's patentable or not. What what are some of the, the ways that a person can tell if this is something that could get a patent? Are there some guidelines that you can share with the audience? Sure.
3: So- I can. So the first thing is that the invention needs to be useful and solve a problem. So most people's inventions, you know, definitely are useful and solve a problem because that's why they created it in the first place. They've had a problem and now they've invented something to solve it. The second standard is the invention needs to be novel. And what that means is is there something out there that is identical? Because if something already exists that is identical, then it's not patentable. Now, the third standard that gets a little tricky is the obvious standard. And what that means is would it be obvious to one of ordinary skill in the art to take what's out there and combine these inventions to make your invention? So certain things, according to the law, are obvious, like changing the size of something, changing the shape, changing the color. Mm -hmm. Those are obvious Mm -hmm. things. So if you're taking something that's identical and you know it's out there and you're saying, okay, I found a, a chair, and my chair is blue, that's going to be mm-hmm. an obvious change. So, there really isn't something that um, I often hear people say I've changed it a certain percent, or um, I've done, some, or what percent do I need to change this invention to be able to get my patent? It's not a percent, it's really the law. And so, that's why it's important to sit down with the patent attorney because what's required is then doing research. So, a patent attorney will then do a novelty search to determine if the invention is patentable, and it's based on those three standards. But using the prior art that's found and all the research that's found, the attorney can do an analysis to say, okay, I found this patent that exists, so your invention is not patentable, or I found this patent that exists that's close, but you have features ABC that distinguish it, and so features ABC are actually what's patentable. And that's Mm -hmm. good to know, and it saves you money in the long run, Because once you file a patent application, you actually can't add anything to it. And so it's definitely good to go in and file the application and add if details that are necessary to claim the claim invention. Because often, if you don't, a patent application isn't examined usually until two to three years after you file it because of the backlog. But once they reject it, if you then come back to say, oh, but I have features ABC that are different, if those features aren't already in the application when you file it, you're in trouble because you can't go back and add it. So now you've wasted your time and money, and you won't be able to get that patent.
1: Oh, wow. So it's definitely worth the effort. It's either like, you know, we say often with health, you know, you're going to pay now or pay later. So pay up front to have a professional to guide you along so that you can save time uh and money if something is not right or to to prevent something uh not being right doing it on your own now tell me this i hear this all the time about the backlog why is there a backlog and i'm i'm going to have you answer that and we take a short break come back i want to know what if you can share with us why is there such a backlog and is there anything that can be done about it anything Uh, Being done about that as well And then if we have a few minutes Would you be able to answer A few questions from our audience today Oh I'd love to Okay, great, great. So if you tune in live here on Wealthy Sisters Radio, you can dial 347-838-9278. If you're in our chat room, you can post your question there. And if you're on the lines, you can just simply press 1. Again, just call 347-838-9278. Press 1 if you'd like to ask a question of our guest, Andrea Evans, today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short commercial break.
0: Hi there. This is Bill Lee. I'm a voice talent, and I want to work for you. Just email me at bill at billlee.net. For God so loved the world. We've probably all heard the start to this verse, but what does it really mean in our daily lives? At FedEx, we understand you want a partner who can help you go global.
3: That's why FedEx delivers next business day by 10.30 a.m. from more major international
0: cities than any other express carrier. FedEx. Another day, another dollar saved. Dherbs.com's Full Body Cleanse works to naturally cleanse and detoxify the body to aid in weight release, enhancing the immune system, and increasing energy levels. The Full Body Cleanse consists of the blood and lymphatic formula cardiovascular, liver, spleen, and gallbladder, lungs and respiratory, kidneys, bladder, and adrenals, colon and digestive tract, and activated charcoal. When you cleanse your body, you open up the door to healing and rejuvenation. Dherbs.com.
1: This is Deborah Hardnett, and we're live here on Wealthy Sisters Radio, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. You know, you just heard that D. Herbs commercial. I'm thrilled to let you know that Mr. A.D. Dolphin will be joining us for a brief moment later in the show today. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about how we can increase that mental clarity, increase our productivity for 2015, and I tell you, I have a personal testimony, as you know, about this product. I've used it. I don't have anything. I would not have it on here if I didn't believe in it. And I promise you, if you are really want to take your health serious, you really want to get focused and, and and really understand how we are what we eat and we are what we put in our bodies, I challenge you to go to dherg.com and learn more about it. Well, you know, today as well, our correspondent is coming on the show, a health and wellness correspondent, Ms. Delana Keller-Watkins, and can't wait to hear what she has to share with us for the end of the year. And, again, we're all about preparation for 2015. But our guest right now is the lovely Andrea Evans. She's a brilliant attorney a practicing international intellectual property patent attorney And uh, she's been sharing some great information with us here on our show. So if you missed the first half, don't worry. You can catch it along with our other great shows at WealthySistersRadio.com. So, Andrea, you were telling us now. Uh, we were talking about all of the things that the reason why it's so important for someone to really get a, an attorney to help them with this process of a patent, trademark, and copyright. And, and one of the things you mentioned is, and I've heard so much about it, is there's a backlog. Can you elaborate on that? Do you know why there's a backlog? And is that something that's going to stay that way, or is there something that's being a buzz out there about it it changing
3: well, of course, I don't work for the patent office, so I can't speak for them. but from what I know, having worked there, um it's a good and bad issue, so the good thing mm-hmm. is that people are simply filing patent applications, so that's great mm-hmm. um you know they're they know that when they have an invention to file these applications to seek protections now, on the flip side what's required to be a patent examiner is you do have to have a engineering degree. So that goes back to your initial conversation we briefly had about this gap in the United States with STEM and STEAM and uh, mm-hmm. individuals having these technical backgrounds. So quite frankly, they just don't have the examiners that can meet the demand of the applications that are filed. So that's a good plug for STEM and just for your listeners. If they have children or they're interested in a career change, engineering is the way to go.
1: Engineering is the way to go. So,
3: yeah, it, you know, and, and that is, that is I don't know.
1: I'll tell you, everything that we've seen today, and we, we hear a lot about the technology and most, Cases people are thinking internet, internet now, you know, anything to do with a, an app or software and But what tell us what does engineering cover, and how should we be directing our children or or family members in that direction?
3: Well, that's the beauty of it. Engineering is simply ev- in everything that we do. So mm-hmm. the first thing that I would do is encourage your child to pursue the type of engineering uh, that relates to something that they already enjoy. So mm-hmm. if they enjoy music, just remind them, hey, did you know that an engineer is behind the scenes mixing that music? Or
0: mm-hmm. if they like mm-hmm.
3: traveling as they go over bridges, hey, did you know a civil engineer um, is involved in building bridges? But the bottom line is uh, children ultimately need access to engineering programs at an early age. And so I actually created a program, Kid Engineer where we focus on children ages 5 through 10 because I learned that by the time a child reaches third grade, they actually lose their interest in science and engineering and technology and math. And so instead of basically waiting for them to reach sixth grade or seventh grade, we have these enrichment programs where we provide different engineering disciplines, and we have Mm -hmm. six-week programs as well as workshops ranging from video game design, Lego robotics, um, so we start involving children at an early age, and it's really a well, world-renowned, recognized program and curriculum that we'll, we've created. And I'm excited to say that a lot of those children, including our key critical main volunteer who's a high school student, now wants to pursue a STEM field. So part of the solution is just exposing children at an early age. Yes, and I saw that you you all were at the White House. Oh as well?
1: Did you all got an, an award there or something with your That's correct.
3: I received a White House Champion of Change for creating Kid
1: Yes, congratulations. That definitely deserves a round of applause. That's great. <laughs> Thank and you.
0: So,
1: so how can they find out about Kid is, is it something that's just, of course, in this area? Are you expanding in other areas? So tell us more about that.
3: Well, they can visit our website, KidGeneer.com, that's K-I-D-G-I-N-E-E-R, and on that site they can add their email address to find out more about programs that we have in the Washington, D.C. area. Our next Uh class will actually start in February, and we're doing a Lego robotics class. But what's unique about our classes is that not only are the children having fun, but we teach them engineering concepts so when we have speakers come in they're always amazed at the caliber of questions that our students can ask and just the information that they know so (laughs) i start by saying they can go there and if your listeners are listening across uh... other states we'd be happy to travel to those states and host a program so they can just reach out to me via the website awesome
1: awesome and definitely if you all missed that as kid janier and you definitely can go to com and click on our featured guests we have all of andrea's information right there so So make sure you do that so that you can get in contact with her. And speaking of getting in contact with you, Andrea, it's a great question that's posted here in our chat room. Um, One of our our guests said that uh, listeners said that they tried to convince one of their friends to, I guess, get an attorney in the area, and they went on um, one of the major programs uh, that you see advertised on television, one of the companies like that, and her experience was not as pleasant um you know we know that there, there there are some things that you you probably would not or cannot say but as far as what you offer you you've mentioned that um the the, the special touch that you offer but is there anything else you would share on how someone could successfully uh pick a patent attorney or uh, for them or a copyright or trademark attorney
3: Well, I do want to address what the person in the chat room said as well. Now, what you have to be careful with with the companies that you see usually advertised late at night is just Mm -hmm. keep in mind those are typically marketing companies. And Mm -hmm. so a law firm is not a marketing company. So what I don't Mm -hmm. do is when you come into the office and say I've invented ABC, I don't talk to you about uh, the millions you'll make and how to get it on Mm -hmm. the shelves and Uh, Mm -hmm. pay me a monthly fee to help to market the invention. Uh, Mm -hmm. What I would say is it's best to start and seek the help of a patent attorney to determine if you really have something, because often I find a lot of clients that come to me that ultimately become my clients, we realize that they may have sought the help of one of those companies and they really don't have anything that's patentable. And so, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: you know, that's why they usually have a bad experience because, a lot of those companies, I would say, just feed on uh, the expectation of making millions. Now, some inventions are worth millions, and that that would be great, but it's good to have that protection because what you can do with the patent is you can license it, you can sell it, you assign it, and you can make the invention yourself and have that protection. So that's the beauty of it. Um, I like to attend different trade shows, and I usually recommend that my clients uh, go out to these different trade shows where they'll find that they have shows that are related to inventions that relate to their specific invention. So if they've invented a app, there are different shows where they're just technology trade shows.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, just from mm-hmm.
3: talking to others that are familiar with working with a patent attorney, you can just ask around, who did you use? Why did you use them? And just some questions to ask the patent attorney or what has been your experience, you know, having worked at the patent office on both sides, personally, I can actually foresee things that someone without my skill set would not see. And so right. I can you know, I've been doing this for a while now and I really enjoy it. But also um, I appreciate my clients actually letting me know, look, I appreciate working with you because you save me money because I know how to talk the talk, and I've done my research, and I've done my homework, and I've put in the time. So I would just say to the person in the chat room, definitely feel comfortable working with an attorney and work with one that you can trust.
1: One that you can trust that's important that is absolutely important with anything you know and and I tell you the time is going by so fast here i did, did want to ask you though this one question um that was sent to us in on uh Facebook wanted to know what does patent pending mean are they able to make money with that are they protected with that patent can you can you elaborate on that a little bit?
3: Well, you can only enforce. Your patent rights when you actually get a patent. So all patent pending means is that that person has filed a patent application. And so that could be a provisional patent application or a non-provisional application. But simply it just means that they filed it. And and maybe I can come back and, and answer more specific questions about the different types of patents and different types of protection. But if that person has a more specific question, I'm happy to answer it if they want to reach out to me.
1: Right, absolutely. And and you said provisional, okay, or non-provisional. What's the difference between those two?
3: Well, they both get you patent-pending status, but provisional applications are really good at simply holding the date. Um the law has recently changed and it's now the first to file a patent application and not the first to invent. And so it's critical okay. when someone has a invention wow. to really rush to the office and get this filed so they can have that filing date. So a provisional application holds that date, and let's say you file it today, December 9th of 2014, you have until December 9th of 2015 to file the non-provisional application. The non-provisional application is the application that you hope will mature into a patent, but that's the one that's actually assigned to a patent examiner. So let's Mm -hmm. say you don't quite have all the resources When you come to file a patent application, it may be good for you to file a provisional to get that patent-pending status and then go out and seek investors and test the market to see if the invention really will make money. Or Mm -hmm. if you come in and you already have your budget and can pay the fees for the non-provisional application, you can file it, get patent-pending status, and simply wait for it to be assigned to an examiner and uh, ultimately have it examined and get a patent application. But the key benefit of the provisional is that even when you come back by December 9th of 2015 with the non-provisional application, it will get the December 9th, 2014 filing date. So that's the benefit if you're not quite ready and need to test the market or um, often some people just need to talk to a manufacturer and what you'll find is they may say to you, okay, you invented this invention that has ABC, but have you thought about bending it a little bit or doing it this way? And so it's good right. to file a provisional to, you know, have some type of protection there where you uh, can have something stamped and documented that it's your invention and you have that filing date. You have that.
1: Now, and and I wanted to, uh, as we wrap up here, I wanted to ask you about the date too because you, you talked about um, filing date. Are there expiration dates on patents and trademarks and copyrights?
3: Well, patent. Well, first of all, yes, patents do expire. So they expire mm-hmm. typically in about 20 years after you get the patent uh, mm-hmm. registration. So that's one thing that does expire. The beauty of trademarks, though, is they technically need to be maintained. So you do have to pay fees every five years to maintain them but they don't Uh expire as long as you pay those fees and as long as you use them. So Coca-Cola has had their trademark since the 1800s. And so that's the beauty of having a brand and having it protected. As long as you use it and pay those fees, you can maintain that trademark. Now, the same with patents. It expires in those 20 years, but you are required every few years to pay maintenance fees on it. And then copyrights, seems to last forever. I don't quote me on it, but I know it's like a hundred years plus your life, or so. So basically, that almost seems like forever, but it does. They do expire at some point, point. and I believe it's point. like a hundred years. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, now, as far as the the past, they're saying, you know, you got, we're giving you twenty years to go make this money. <laughs> if you had made it in the twenty years, I guess. But what happens afterwards? Are you able to renew the patent after the 20 years for that same
3: patent? Um, No, you you aren't. And so that's also one of the key benefits of getting a patent search is sometimes you come to me with an invention and we do the search Mm -hmm. and find the identical invention and realize that the patent has expired. It's fair game for you or anyone else to make it. And so that's the beauty of it that, the law affords you these years to be able to enforce your rights and license it and make money from it. And then after that, it's fair game for someone else to basically take that invention and make it and improve on it. And if those improvements that they've made are novel and non-obvious, like we talked about, they may be able to get a patent on those improvements. But then it just becomes you having a business and me having a business and competing with a good brand and marketing and uh, getting out there. So everything is not necessarily patentable and uh, may not even be necessary to patent it. But I will say, as you know from having these great brands that you own, trademarks can definitely be valuable. So trademarks can be worth millions of dollars just like an invention can. Oh
1: absolutely, absolutely. One of the ladies in our organization uh was she had owned and uh she it was is it was incredible you know she can't even really talk about the whole deal and how that worked out, but you know she had this attorney kept calling her and she thought it was a joke, but this was right you know when when open Winford decided to start her network, yeah own and she already had that trademark o w n so Oprah had to get it from her. <laughs> so hey, well, that's a good is. problem to have, Deborah.
0: <laughs> yes. I wonder, is she yes.
3: calling you? Is your friend now in Tahiti <laughs> calling you to talk to you? Or is she still around so you don't have to answer that question? Somewhere. Right, exactly. That's a nice problem yeah. to have. But you just Absolutely. never know, you know, and, and yeah. I, I imagine if it would have been the opposite, where
1: mm-hmm. she would have mm. tried
3: to come behind Oprah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it can work Ooh. in both ways. It's good yes. to have it. To be able to sleep at night, I'd rather have it and have the option to sell it than not have it and then have to pay Oprah's attorneys to try to get a name. To try to get the name. Well, Andrea, I tell you, it
1: has been a real pleasure. We do want to keep an open invitation for you to come back on the show. Just such great information. Congratulations to you for all the success that you've accomplished, and thank you so much, for doing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to learning more about Kid Geneer. I want everybody to go to WealthySistersRadio.com right now, click on our featured guest. You can get all of Andrea's information uh, there as well. I don't know if we put that Kid Janeer. I want to make sure we put that on there as well. It's Kid Janeer It's K-I-D. Spell that again for them, please, Andrea.
3: K-I-D-G-I-N-E-E-R.
1: K-I-D-G-I-N-E-E-R, actually, .com, right? Yes. All right. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, we'll be in touch. Continue to have a beautiful day and happy holidays to you, Andrea, and thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you. Yes,
1: absolutely. Wow, I tell you, this was a powerful interview. If you've missed the first half of it, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. All you need to do is go to WealthySistersRadio.com, and you can download this show and all of our other great shows as well. And I tell you, we're excited today, as I said, you know, December 9th would have been my father's birthday, and I am, as you know, I am an advocate of health and wellness, I believe, in not just wealth from our our financial point of view, but it's the mindset, and it's also, is our spiritual base, it's also our health, and that's why we do what we do here on Wealthy Sisters Radio, that's how we talk about, you know, health and wellness, and our uh, health and wellness correspondent, Mr. Delena Keller-Watkins, who's with us every month here on the second Tuesday. She has a special feature that she has just for December, just for you today. Take it away, Delena.
2: Hello, it's Delena K. Watkins with the Wealthy Sisters Radio health and wellness segment. Well, we are in the midst of the holiday season, and tis the season to be healthy. Because as jolly as the holiday season can be at times, we all know there are also moments of stress, Chaos and, well, indigestion, the overabundance of food, jam-packed family get-togethers, and expectation overload sometimes doesn't seem like a pretty package at all. Well, this season, why not give yourself a gift you'll really appreciate, a healthy holiday season. While you can't totally transform the nature of the holidays, you can make tweaks that will have you enjoying rather than dreading the season. So approach your holiday celebrations as opportunities for good health and suddenly a flight delay provides you with that extra few minutes you need for restful meditation or clocking more mileage on your pedometer by strolling the airport. A potluck dinner party becomes a chance for you to show off some of your healthy cooking skills. And that holiday shopping becomes an excuse to invest in the tools of good health. You see how we kind of change that up for things that we know could occur during the holiday season and some of those things that we know will occur during the holiday season? So let's look at the stress part of it. First of all, create a schedule for yourself, meaning understand when you leave out the door for the day what it is that you intend to do because you know when we're adding shopping into our already jam-packed schedules, sometimes that can lead to stress. Don't spot shop. Walk and stroll the mall. Look at the festivities, the lights. Take in and embrace the holiday season instead of just going in and going to one store so that you're able to, once again, clock more miles on your pedometer by strolling the mall. Also, park farther when you get to the mall. Don't spend time strolling the parking lot looking for the closest parking space. We know we're all guilty of that. However, Again, you can stroll to the door by parking farther away. Yes, I know it may be a little chilly outside and you want to get into the mall as quick as possible, but again, we're trying to maximize on our health opportunities during this season. And as far as the potluck dinner, again, this is your opportunity to share with others how they can prepare meals and do it a little more healthily. Also, only indulge, and again, as I shared during the Thanksgiving segment, Those types of foods that you don't normally have and are only available to you during this holiday season. So that's what I like to call seasonal indulgence. And that will help to cut down on you eating foods outside of the holiday and also those unnecessary foods, which you can get pretty much any other time of the year. Also, cut down on your sugary drinks. During this time of the year, we tend to drink more hot chocolates, more Sugary, sweet, and laden type of drinks, your pumpkin spice, you know, lattes and your um, caramel apple spice uh, flavored drinks that are more centered around this time of the year theme and festivities. So try to cut down on those drinks as well. Eggnog is another big one that's filled with sugar. So again, only spot drink those type of things around your parties and not while you're out shopping. So as you are celebrating this holiday season, I want you to raise your glass and say to your health during this holiday season and remember what your traditions are for and why we truly celebrate this holiday season so that you can enjoy and be a given giver. Give to others and remember definitely to give to yourself the gift of health during this holiday season. This has been Delena K. Watkins with the Wealthy Sisters Radio health and wellness segment. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please send them to correspondent at wealthy Thank you and have a nice holiday season.
1: Wow, thank you so much, Delana. Some great tips there. Don't get that eggnog out while you're shopping. Only do it at that party that you plan to attend. That way we're not overindulging because you already know you're going to have it at the party, right? <laughs> wow. Well, I tell you, this has been a great show again, and we've come to that part in the show where it is that time that we call it our power thought of the day. And as today our guest talked about, Andrea Evans, we talked about the importance of protecting And I just want to make sure that we are protecting ourselves. And what do I mean by that, Deborah? I mean by what you are taking in. We've already talked about that health portion, but what are we digesting as far as the words, the language that we're using for ourselves, that we're referring to as, you know, overweight or calling ourselves or uh, uh, being displaced or uh, upset with ourselves? regarding any type of business decision that we've made throughout the year maybe this year has not been the productive year that you wanted but what i have been saying in in, uh, this whole month is to make sure this season rather is to make sure that you take the time to protect yourself by looking at what is going right what you have accomplished those great things that have happened this year to continue to keep your confidence level where it needs to be so that you can be ready for the next step. Always say, yes, we can have errors and judgment and that that is that is an often thing as an entrepreneur because a lot of times we don't know. We're we're treading on waters that's never been there. We're inventors, we're we're visionaries. And so the only way you can know if sometimes something will work or won't work is it for us to step out there and that's what we do and it doesn't always flow the way that we want it to flow but guess what in the end it will so make sure you're protecting yourself by monitoring the words the language that you're using and what you're feeding yourself that's why we do what we do every week here on the show we want you to stay plugged in it's for you it's for positive enrichment reinforcement to to help you to to provide resources And then also you're protecting by what you're listening, the words that you're saying to yourself, um, also by the people that you're surrounding yourself with. You know, take a, a real good inventory of those that are in your close circle. We can't say it enough, and we all have to do that. Those who it's hard to believe sometimes that people are. Not, uh, they are takers. There are takers out there. So understand that and just make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are wanting to go places that you want to go that are already there. You know, get around those individuals who have already accomplished what you want. You know, we we say that if you, you take the sum of your five closest friends, whether it's intellect, financial, health, that's where you are. So you want to be around people that stretches you. As we know, charm, uh, iron sharpens iron. So we appreciate you so much. That's our thought for today. Make sure you're protecting yourself by what you're digesting, the words that you're speaking to yourself, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, and what you're listening to on a daily basis. Make sure it's something that's going to be enriching you, especially during this time. Well, as always, we wish you and your success of everything great. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week.
0: We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. When Michel, when Michel, on are not listening to wealthy sisters. The neighborhood. We're not listening sisters. Radio show. We're not listening to sisters. Radio show. we sisters. sisters.
2: Opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our host, staff or partners of Wealthy Sisters Radio.